Back here on this Saturday morning, Sports Medicine Weekly, Steve Cashel, Dr. Brian Cole. Going to get into our Ask the Doctor segment coming up in just a little bit. But reminder, folks, our website is sportsmedicineweekly.com, and that proceeds from our show, Sports Medicine Weekly. Go to support orthopedic research at Rush through the liveactivenow.org fund. Our producer, Shane Reardon. Our coordinating producer is Tracy Toro. And that leads us to our staple of the show, Ask the Doctor segment here on Sports Medicine Weekly, giving our listeners the opportunity to have Dr. Cole address their specific sports injury issues. You want to get involved? Very simple. Go to the website, sportsmedicineweekly.com. On the homepage of our website, look for the picture of Dr. Cole and yours truly and click on the link and you can ask the doc a question. Ready, Dr. Cole? I am in. First question from one of the listeners. What are the benefits of foam rolling? This is an interesting one because um, it varies from increased blood flow, breaking up adhesions, to a complete placebo effect. Okay? I believe it. So um, I think that when you read the literature on it, it's unclear. And you can ask yourself, do you ever do you ever foam roll? I don't. Yeah, so... Maybe because um, I don't know how and I don't know what the effectiveness is, but you're going to tell me right here. Well, I mean, I'll just tell you that uh, it may uh, increase uh, flexibility, muscle excursion, might help with dissipation or spreading out some toxins and things of that nature, uh, may help, quote, loosen up the muscles. There's some increasing science with some of these electronic devices. Actually, I have one now. Can that, I stop you now? Yeah. You have me excited because my yeah. shoulder is still, I just don't have the flex. I know shoulders take a long time, and I'm seven months post-surgery. It may not be related, but the thing is- Can foam, I do it foam, on a shoulder? You can do it for latissimus. You can do it for your what traps, and your lati- the lat muscle in your, okay. under your arm in this region. You can do it, you know, biceps, triceps, things of that nature, but most likely, uh, if you are uh, tight in your shoulder, foam rolling is going to be less- relevant than is a passive stretching program where someone really helps push your shoulder to the limit and okay. things like that. So okay. it's it but so from a muscle perspective, uh, it helps to stimulate, you know, some blood flow, muscle activity, maybe break up in theory, some adhesions. It can help with delayed onset muscle soreness in terms of enabling you to recover and get at it again because it can mitigate some of the discomfort that you have with delayed onset muscle soreness with strengthening and conditioning. So, uh, but there's even people say, look, it doesn't do much of anything as a placebo. But I, I think there's some valid science behind it. I know that not too many people feel worse after foam rolling, but like you say, they don't know how to do it. They don't know what to do, how much time, and so forth. And I think we could probably do a better job of having some guidelines in terms of helping people understand how, when, what, and where. Uh, but I do it an awful lot, and I did it an awful lot when I was uh, training for my climb. Uh, on a recovery mode after strength and condition, I would foam roll the very next day. It what can parts make a big the difference. body? Mostly for me with my legs. I just, because okay. I was training so hard for my legs with uh, uh, elliptical or uh, versa climber and things like that with a pack on and weight. And my hamstrings and my quads and my calves were always sore. And I invariably felt better if I foam rolled for five to 10 minutes. And I would actually use one of those electric devices, uh, which, you know, imparts energy just like foam rolling, so it's easier. And we have them in the training room for the Bulls, and I have one at home now. And it's much more efficient, a lot easier to do. And there's some data that shows if you work at the origin of the muscle, work at the insertion of the muscle, and work in the middle, uh, you can increase excursion and lengthening of the muscle. And as I've talked about before, muscle flexibility, if you will, or stretching, dynamic stretching, can lead to improvements in terms of how you strengthen. So foam rolling may have a dramatic effect in terms of your ability to recover and get at it again rather than being compromised when you're trying to work out. So big, right, that, I'm a big supporter of it. That electronic 
foam roll. Is that something that the It's uh, not electronic foam. Yeah, there are electronic foam, foam, foam rollers, but what I use is a device called, I can just say it, yeah. it's called a Theragun. All right. Is and it, they is sell it, it at... Uh, they actually sell it at uh, Best Buy. You can get it on Amazon. Really? Okay. It's I was going to ask if yeah. it's open to the everyday person or just the pro athletes and the doctors. It's open to the everyday person. It's <laughs> an right. awesome device. I mean, I feel like I'm endorsing it. They're not a sponsor of it. In fact, I've wanted to have them on because the guy is a chiropractor from yeah. California who is really knowledgeable. And I've talked to him because I'm recommending it to a lot of my patients because I use it. I bring that to our... Uh, uh, not a like, plug-in? You have to plug... You charge okay. it. It charge it. All right. And charge lasts a long time. It has different intensities and... I brought it to my uh, lake house where the, you know a lot of my in-laws are there, and the thing disappears for like two days because it's like being cycled around. All the people who are sore after playing tennis and doing whatever they do. Is it a wrap? So, no, no, it's electric. It's like a gun that okay. has an, it imparts energy uh, through a vibrate the tip that sort of vibrates very, very forcefully and imparts you know a certain. You use frequency. it yourself on your own body, or you another can, person needs you can to. Do, you can go both ways. You can okay, use, so you can use it on yourself, or someone can do it for you in you know hard to reach places. Okay. It's, it's a great thing. Interesting. Got one more question for you before we say goodbye on this edition of Sports Medicine Weekly. How do I know, Dr. Cole, this comes from a listener, how do I know how much weight I should be lifting? You know, it depends upon what your goals are, Steve. You know, there are people who are uh, really trying to build intense muscle mass and may do a, you know, say a larger number of sets with smaller reps at sort of sub-maximal weight. Or there are those who are trying to build sort of strength, conditioning, endurance, and so forth, and maybe have a higher calorie burn per se and have a different goal. But I think, you know, one way to think about it is just we have this thing called uh, perceived exertion. Um, and, you know, we use this for people running up and down a basketball court or just asking them, you know, where they are on, say, a scale of 1 to 10. And you could say, look, a 1 is, you know, I'm just chilling on the weight bench and I have very little uh, per, per exhaustion. I can carry on a very normal conversation and my breath is fine and I'm not winded versus a 10, which is I can't do one more rep. And one way to think about it to be safe, uh, of course, after you've done sort of a functional uh, dynamic warm-up, is keep yourself into a 7 to 9 range. You know? You're not trying to kill it. You're not trying to do max rep uh, where you can barely get it and potentially hurt yourself. But if you keep your level of perceived exertion with a 1 being super easy and a 10 being uh, you just can't do another one in the 7 to 9 range, that may be a, a good rule of thumb uh, when you're doing general strengthening, but being mindful that people have different goals when they're doing strengthening. Great stuff. That will do it for this edition of Sports Medicine Weekly. Many thanks to our producer. He is Shane Reardon. Our coordinating producer is always Tracy Toro. also want to thank David Cole for managing our website and our business operations, as well as Samantha Smith from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. For Dr. Brian Cole, my name is Steve Cashel saying so long. We thank you for listening to our show, Sports Medicine Weekly, our website. Don't forget, sportsmedicineweekly.com. Lots of great stuff on there, including the podcasts. Up next on The Score, Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. We'll be back with you for a brand-new edition of Sports Medicine Weekly next Saturday, 8 a.m. Central. Thanks for listening, everybody, only on 670 The Score.